Joining us on the line, not the usual day, but schedules sometimes fluctuate a little bit. We got Representative Jim Banks joining us. Uh, Congressman, how you doing? Hey, doing well. Good to be with you. Yeah, this is a... There's a lot going on. I don't even really know how to cover all of it, to be honest with you. I'd probably need an extra show, but there is a ton going on. I want to start off with this Heartland China Association. This is yet another organization from China that the, the official mission is to build bridges with communities in the United States. But we have run into this so many times in the past, Congressman, that these are actually Chinese Communist Party propaganda outfits that are designed to push a pro-China, sometimes even a pro-communist agenda in local communities in the United States. And we've even been warned about this by the intelligence community. And you actually sent a letter to the attorney general about this organization. Tell us what's going on. Well, this is a, uh, what we call the United Front, which is, is a, uh, that's a, a formal uh, operation on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party, where they uh, send their people into different places to uh, for espionage, to coerce um, others on behalf of, of their propaganda, on behalf of their agenda. You know, this hit, hit close to home. I think you and I, I spoke about this before, Casey, when the, the city of Carmel, uh, yeah. under the, the former mayor, Jim Brainerd, was spending $25,000 a year out of Carmel taxpayer dollars to be a part of this, uh, this organization. And th- this came to light because the Washington Post wrote a story about Jim Brainerd going to China right before he ended his term and the new mayor, Sue Finkham, took over. Uh, he was wined and dined. He rode around in, in cars with massage chairs. Um, it re- really an explosive story that shows what the Chinese will do and how far they will go to uh, get their tentacles into places like, uh, like a city in the Midwest, a, a prominent city, city like Carmel, and then get a, a mayor to foolishly pony up $25,000 to a group that they that they own and operate, that they use for their purposes. So I've asked the attorney general to investigate it because the FBI has already warned us that these United Front type organizations like Confucius Institutes and Sister City organizations and this this U.S. Heartland China Association are um, are, are used for sinister purposes on their behalf. And, and the FBI should investigate it and expose it. Jim Brainerd, the former mayor of Carmel, is still the vice chairman, even though he's no longer the mayor. He's still the vice chairman <laughs> of this group. I, he ha, he has yet to resign. I, I understand he's very angry with me for exposing him and his role in all of this. But I mean, come on, man! You 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 were you were using twenty five thousand dollars a year to fund a group that you were the you were the national vice chairman of that was that was uh, that was funneling money and being used for purposes of our biggest enemy, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. So it's long past time for this guy to resign and, and confess that this is a bad uh, investment of taxpayer dollars, and I hope the FBI investigates it further. Now, do you think that this is a case of him not actually knowing what's going on and just ignoring the intelligence community, or is it more sinister than that? And I use an example of a Harvard professor several years ago who he was approached by China, And they said, listen, we just want your EV battery technology because we're trying to make the electric vehicles that that we're making better and more efficient. And this is all about saving the planet. You're not betraying your country, whatever. And he gave them the tech. And, of course, they used it to weaponize it. And from his perspective, he was just trying to save the planet with with car batteries and stuff like that. 
Do you think it's a case of that, or do you think that there is just something a little bit more sinister going on with, with people like the former mayor who just seem to embrace something that even the intelligence community is like, hey, this is red flag? Yeah, I think it's, it's, obviously, um, it's obviously not an innocent mistake on his behalf, and the Washington Post story exposed it. I mean, this guy really liked going to China and ended up in basement, uh, uh, in basement uh, bars of high-level Chinese Communist Party officials drinking very expensive liquor. I think he really liked it. And, and that, yeah. that's what you take away from this story. Now, I do want to give credit. Sue Finkham, the brand-new mayor of Carmel, uh, when she received the letter from me exposing these ties, she Im- immediately severed ties with this group. Yeah, it was and quick. made sure that Car- on her watch, Carmel isn't going to keep funneling $25,000 a year of Carmel taxpayer dollars to a group that's that's funding our enemy. So yeah. I give her credit, but Jim Brainerd, I, I, I've, I've never met the guy that I know of. I know he's a fellow Republican, but he's obviously been co-opted by our biggest enemy, and, and he should be embarrassed for it. Well, there's a lot of Republicans in bed with Chinese solar right now, so and EV battery tech. I've been talking about that for, for months. Um, the other thing, too, I'd like to point out, I mean, just from a media perspective, as you've highlighted, I mean, he took trips over to China and was you know being wined and dined. This is actually an official strategy from the Chinese Communist Party with members of the news media as well. They host an annual event where they invite us over to China. I've never gone. I've never been invited. But they invite, you know, bigwigs in in American media over there. And they have these big parties. And there's always a lot of alcohol. And, of course, there's a lot of alcohol because, well, that's how you get Fang Fang hooking up with members of Congress, etc., and you compromise them that way or you get them to talk. But this is a common thing that the Chinese have been doing for many, many years. And Again, the interesting aspect, Congressman, is that the intelligence community has been warning everybody about it, and nobody seems to care. They, they like the parties, they like the attention, they probably like the girls that they get when they go over there, and I'm sure that they like the money that comes their way to write pro-Chinese propaganda when they get back home. Yeah, in the case of, uh, that's exactly right, in the case of Jim Brainerd, when he attacked me for exposing his role in all of this, which had never been made publicly um, uh, available to the pub- to to the media and to the public before until we raised it. Uh, he was saying, you know, his, his response was, "Well, China and America's economies are the two largest economies in the world, and we need to have a good relationship with them." And you hear excuses like that. That is exactly the type of propaganda that the Chinese plant with their with their tools and and uh, with with those who they've co opted, like Brainerd, or in the mainstream media. When I've called these issues out before, you often get called racist by other by other American politicians for suggesting that China is our enemy, even though China themselves yeah. talks openly about their 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 goal. the The goal of the Chinese Communist Party in writing is to is to dominate the United States of America and to rule us under their thumbs. So it's time to wake up to it. This is a great example of, of uh, how these entanglements start and how dangerous they can be and how they use these types of relationships for their own gain. Uh, you know, Confucius Institute's on college campuses mm-hmm. where they buy on students and, and push their propaganda on university campuses. I mean, th- these are very dangerous ties that we have to sever. Yeah, I could talk about the China angle a lot, but, you know, the latest report, of course, is that they're... Um, what, in 2023, 24,314 Chinese nationals. Of course, they're all you know young men, by the way. For, for those of you who don't know, that is equivalent to the 89th largest military in the world that have come across the southern border. I'm sure that many of them are going to the illegal marijuana farms as slaves, but I'm sure some of them are the guards 
for those slaves and work for the Chinese Communist Party as well. And there's a serious national security risk, which is the U.S. Southern Command is exposed for many, many years as well. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Congressman, is the Guard Act, because we've got an Indiana family now. They're appealing to the Supreme Court. They lost their child in a custody move because they wouldn't affirm the gender of the child. That child was put into foster care until they, they aged out of it. And they're now, you know, battling in the court system in Indiana. And the one thing that I've seen, Congressman, is all over the country, people are like, wait a minute, this is red state Indiana. And I keep telling people we're not as red as people think. Um, but red state Indiana is doing this, and people can't believe it's actually happening here. They expect this to happen in California, maybe New York or Illinois, but not in Indiana. So tell us about the Guard Act. Yeah, this is a this is a story that makes my blood boil. As you as you said, the Cox family here in Indiana, they they refuse to uh, use pronouns and recognize a teenage uh, child's uh, 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 identity issues, and and their child was taken from their home. Uh, the Supreme the the, or the Indiana Department of Child Services is ultimately responsible for it. So I haven't heard the governor that I know of speak out about this yet, but I hope that he will because it's a travesty. But when I heard about it, I I wrote a bill to stop exactly this from happening. It's called the Guard. Act uh, because this isn't just happening in Indiana. It has happened in states like like Maine and California under Democrat uh, control. Of course, as you, know, you, you you said Indiana is a Republican state, but it's still happening here. But it would prohibit states from punishing parents who actually believe in biological sex that there are only two genders, and and uh, and and it would uh, it, it would stop uh, states from using tax federal tax dollars to flow into these states to remove. Uh, children from homes of, of parents that that believe like you and I do that this stuff is is outrageous and dangerous and shouldn't be pushed on our kids. So I, I hope the Supreme Court, who is a, the U.S. Supreme Court, which has ignored this issue before, I hope they ultimately take this case up and uh, and and rule in favor of families like the Cox family, and um, you know put put these kids back in the homes that they belong with with their biological parents um, who are raising them in a in a grounded way. So. This, this is insanity, and I, I hate it that it's happening in our home state. Uh, Congressman, you're also running for Senate. Uh, recently, the Indiana Supreme Court um, made a ruling on your political opponent, and I just wanted to get your take on that before I let you go for the afternoon. Yeah, uh, a big big election hearing on Tuesday uh, where my opponent will make his case but whether or not he can stay on the ballot or not. At the end of the day, Casey, I don't feel sorry for this guy. He, he's a lifelong Democrat voter who sued the state uh, to strike down election laws to get his name on the ballot. All this guy had to do was vote. He, he, he refused to vote in the 2020, 20, uh, 2018, 2020, and 2022 primaries. He didn't even show up to vote. If he would have voted Republican in any of those three primaries, he would be eligible to be on the ballot. And the Supreme Court you know, ruled in favor of the state law that says that if you want to run as a Republican, you have to have a record of voting in Republican primaries, or if you want to run as a Democrat, have a record of voting in Democrat primaries. That's the state law. And just because this guy's rich and can throw his money around, try to strike down the state law to allow him to do what others haven't been able to do. Um, the, the Supreme court uh, stood up for the, for, for the law and he'll have his chance to make his case in front of the election board. I welcome competition. If he gets on the ballot, we'll have a heated primary campaign over the next 10 weeks um, about his Democrat record versus my conservative uh, record of leadership in the Congress and 
my record of, of leadership and service to my country. So we'll see what happens on Tuesday. All right, Congressman Jim Banks, even though you are running for Senate, you got to let people know what the site is so they can go support the campaign if they want to go ahead and do that, uh, in addition to your constituents being able to contact you through your official channels as a congressman. But how can they support your Senate campaign? Yeah, find us at banksforsenate.com, and you can find us on social media too. All right, Congressman Jim Banks representing Indiana's 3rd District. We appreciate your time. Talk to you next week. Have a good day. All right, take care. Podcasts by Federated Media.